game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. Uh, forget it. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Post Game Pints podcast with myself, Mitch Gallo, and the guy you see over there, Sean Campbell, coming up. Uh, it's going to be a quick one, as we'll get to the fact that Yasperi Kakinyemi is now a member of the Carolina Hurricanes, and the newest member of the Montreal Canadiens is Christian Dvorak. What's going on, Sean? Uh, not much. Uh, sorry, I usually open the beer when we start the podcast, but started a little earlier today, so... I'm right into it, and uh, uh, of course, just enjoying the last, the very last of the play-by-play IPA, but uh, I know that uh, LeBras, you and I have something cooking very, 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 very soon on that front. Can't wait. You're right about that, and uh, yeah, I'm going to crack this in, uh, in just a second. I think I'm going to uh, get everything I have to say out there and then crack open my beer. All right, so let's put it on. It's another five-minute uh, post-game show, courtesy of Post-Game Pipes, and uh, it's a post-game of the week of speculation. So why don't we start things off, put it on the clock right now. We're already moving. Five minutes. Yes, Barry Kakanyemi is now a member of the Carolina Hurricanes, a one-year $6.1 million offer sheet. We spoke about it on the last uh, one where I really thought that they were going to match. I think they should have matched, but they don't match. So what did you think about the Canadians not matching Carolina's offer? Look, uh, I think I, I, I wrestled with it uh, back and forth and changed my mind a uh, hundred times between the moment I found out about the offer sheet until we got word that the Canadians were not going to match and let Kakinimi go to a Carolina. So I understand there's great arguments to be made on, uh, on both sides. Judging by... What I heard from Mark Bergevin, it doesn't sound like it was a, much of an internal debate at all. $6.1 million, straight up too much money for that player. So uh, they get to Dvorak, who they like as well, and we'll get to him in a second. Lower uh, cap hit than Kakanyemi. So uh, financially, it makes sense with the Canadians' cap structure. I just think that turning Kakanyemi into Dvorak is a waste of a third overall pick. A third overall pick should be a franchise player. It should be a player you build around. And now they've They've kind of gaffed twice uh, with third overall picks. Now, you can go back to the Galchenyuk draft and say that it wasn't the deepest of drafts. Well, I'll say no. They got it wrong because Forsberg and Morgan Riley are superior players to Galchenyuk, so they got it wrong. They drafted the wrong player. Better players uh, were available. and Not that they're the only team that messed up, but they had the leverage of having the third pick. And now, again, uh, we know that uh, Quinn Hughes is an elite defenseman and that Brady Kachuk is a really good power forward. And those two guys were taken after Kakanyemi. So on the surface, turning 
Kokanyemi into Dvorak in a third-round pick looks very, very bad. I don't. Everyone can say they had to make their decision now based on the facts that they have in front of them, and you can't go back to the fact that he was the third overall pick. Hogwash. I'll go back to the fact that he was the third overall pick. That is a title that will follow him around for the rest of his career, and I think the Canadians turning him into Dvorak is bad asset management, straight up. All right, so look, I, I get what you're saying about Jesperi Kakanyemi, a third overall pick, and we could go rehash in the past. And I know you're, you're saying what he turns into is that's what was the result of this offer sheet. But I also, a couple things here, why I, I don't like they, them letting them go. One, the Canadians got bullied here. The Canadians got bullied around and they had to make a decision that they did not want to make. The Canadians would love to have Christian Dvorak, but not the expense of Jesperi Kakanyemi. They'd love to have them both. And the yeah. other thing is, you're giving up on a player that's 21 years old and has shown that he has the skill in the national hockey. You're, you're giving up a bona fide NHL player. Now, what is the ceiling? Question mark. Is the ceiling coming up this season $6.1 million? Likely not. So I, I, I get the argument about the money, but the player giving up that you have invested three years into just like that because you got bullied. I don't like the way that that looks at all for the Canadians. So to me, that's why I still would have matched and I would have figured it out economically because I know that it would have made it hard. And Mark Bertrand tried to make it sound like it was all cool. No problem. We're fine. We, you know, if I give him 6.1 million, I have RFAs I have to give money to. What are they going to say? So I get that. But I, the two things I don't like is that they got bullied and two, they're giving up on a 21 year old hockey player who I don't think has reached his potential. Do I think he's an 82-point player? No, but I do think that he could be an everyday NHL player that the Canadians could use, and they're not a better team without him. I don't think they're a better team without him. How much time we have left? Uh, we got a, about a minute. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't have the clock right in front of me. we got to figure it out. But <laughs> why don't we uh, – oh, we okay. got one minute. There we okay, go. Okay, so minute. look, look I'll, I'll, con- I'll conclude by saying – now, what you're saying makes sense, and the plan probably should have been to have both Kakanyemi and Dvorak. You weren't going to be able to do that if Kakanyemi was making $6.1 million. No. And Carolina bullied them because they probably were thinking about $2.5 or $3 million for that player over two years. So, yeah, I think the best-case scenarios here present themselves to Carolina. They may have poached a player from Montreal, and he might fit in great with their team, and the Montreal is going to look really bad for walking away from, as you put it, a 21-year-old who hasn't reached his potential just yet. Yeah, but look, everything I don't like about it can change. And there's a reason why that can change is because there's still a huge question mark around Christian Dvorak. And I know that's where we want to go next, Mitch. Yeah, all right. So uh, topic number two, reset. And Let's go. And to talk about uh, Radic Dvorak. Sean, how do you think he fits Radic, in? Christian. Christian, uh, there's, no a, there's a Freudian slip, uh, no, uh, no relation, although both uh, with Arizona uh, connections, uh, funny enough, but uh, Christian Dvorak uh, now with uh, the Montreal Canadiens, what are the uh, expectations here and how do you think he fits in with the group? Look, I, I'm, I'm not going to be like a whole bunch of people here and say that I watched Christian Dvorak uh, perform at the, this elite level and I know exactly what kind of NHL player I could look at his numbers. I could look at what he has provided for Arizona. I And, and he is the answer to me feeling different about what happened to Jesperi Kakanyemi. If he comes in and proves he can be an everyday second-line center for the Montreal Canadiens this year, not in a couple of years, 
this year, then I feel completely different about what happened to Jesperi Kakinemi. Why? Because I had a question mark around Jesperi Kakinemi being the second line center on the Canadians this year. I have a question mark around Christian Dvorak being the second line center on the Canadians this year. But if he answers the bell and provides second line offense, has chemistry, would be on a power play, wins face-offs, and he could be a dependable uh, 15, 16, 17, maybe even 18-minute night guy. I will feel so different of what the Canadians decide to do with Jesperi Kakinemi. To me, that is a game changer. But I don't know. I, I can't sit here and say, oh, no, the Canadians will be fine. He's better than Kakinemi. He's going to get 60 points. Oh, he's going to score 25 goals. I'm not going to sit here and do that, Mitch, at all. But he can make me change how I feel about what happened to Kakinemi. I don't think I can change how I feel about what happened with Kakinyemi because this is the name we heard before uh, the offer she was made to uh, Kakinyemi. So it would have been fun to watch them kind of compete for that second line spot that you're talking about now. Perfect, perfect combination of uh, Dvorak and Kakinyemi, second, third, whoever's better that night, whoever's on a hot streak. That's not the world we're going to be living in now. No, it's not. But I know that uh, Dvorak. Like you, I don't have a complete breakdown of his game. It's not like I was watching Arizona Coyotes closely and circling uh, Christian Dvorak and paying attention to him shift after shift like the scouts do. That's their job. On the surface, though, I know that he has spent time on top lines. He has played with uh, good players. He, he played with Taylor Hall for a bit in Arizona when Hall was there. Uh, he's played with Phil Kessel a lot of time from what I've seen with Kraus, who is also another high draft pick. So he's got experience playing with skilled guys. I like the fact that he seems to be good in traffic. And I think the most reassuring thing that I heard from his press conference on Monday was the fact that he models his game after Patrice Bergeron. Anytime I hear that, my eyes light up and my ears perk up because that is the perfect player to base your game on if you want to be a complete player at both ends of the ring. So we know he takes pride, definitely, in the defensive side of things, which is something they lack without having Phil Beno. I also think, Sean, he's going to have a good opportunity to succeed in Montreal because I think the Montreal Canadiens' best strength is the wing position. I think they are elite on the wings. So whether it's Anderson and Drouin or Hoffman to Foley, Gallagher, Caulfield, whoever he ends up playing with, he's going to have people who could put the puck in the net. So the situation is good for him to come in and succeed. Now he just has to do it. Yeah, there's a couple of things that I like about uh, Dvorak. One, you mentioned the Bergeron. And if he can be just a little, like if he takes a little bit off the defensive side of what Deneau does, but provides a little bit more offense, I take that exchange. Like let's say, you know, you're, you're getting 10% less defense, but you're getting 10% more offense. I might take that exchange on Dvorak for Deneau at a cheaper price because I think you're going to be able to make up that defensive uh, ability, especially on the PK with a pocket who's going to be there to fill that void. And then Suzuki's going to pick up the slack a little bit too. And ideally some of these young guys like an Evans will be better in the faceoff circle. So everyone's going to fill in for what Deneau did. But if Dvorak can take a big chunk of that and he models his game after Bergeron, I, I'm, I'm 100%. And the other factor is here, this guy's been in Arizona and they have no will to win. The Canadians have a will to win. As much as you may look at the Montreal Canadiens and say, they're not better, they're not going to be, you look at, they're in a new division, they're not going to be able to compete. They're going to be competitive. Now, will they be top-end competitive, second level or third level? They get into the playoffs, whatever happens. I just think when you add an element of a player 
that hasn't been in a competitive environment now goes to one, I think it's going to be much better for the Habs. And I think he's going to be a better player than anybody really thinks because that could be a factor that adds some offense to their game. Yep. And uh, another player from the London Knights and to what you're talking about when he got put in the situation in Montreal, his first season was his best. I think he was excited to play for a team that was competitive. That's five minutes. That's all we got. I mean, we're going to have to do like, we're going to have to do five thirty. I think, I think we're going to have to do five minute and 30 second podcast. Yeah, I think that's all we have to do. I want to uh, thank anybody who took uh, the time to listen to us on the Post Game Pints podcast. Please rate and subscribe and comment. And if you disagree with us or you agree with us or you want to spark a conversation, uh, don't be shy. Hit us up on all the social media platforms and make sure to hashtag Post Game Pints. Thank you, Sean.